So when are you going to be ready to tell people what God's doing in your life? Soon? You can now? Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, over the years, God has put, like, a call on my life to missions, and um, I kind of was, like, hesitant about it. Uh, I didn't really want to, like, respond to it, but at our past summer camp um, in July, uh, I finally said yes to it, and God called me to be a missionary to Asia. And not only a missionary to Asia, but God's called her to be a missionary right to Freehold Township High School, where she's been. I, I heard a story about you that Fabian told at minister school. And, um, isn't that cool? She was a part of the leadership conference three weeks ago and has a personal, personal mentor now uh, to help her with her calling. And uh, I thank God for our district youth director, Fabian Calapooch. Um, yeah, thanks, Mary. In preparation for our spiritual emphasis week weekend with Jamel Mayo coming up. I, I have felt led to speak on the subject of worship. Um, did lasso uh, last week, I will today as well. Next week, we're going to address the topic of the Holy Spirit. And then I'll be sharing on the topic of what is renewal, what is revival, what is a spiritual emphasis why we do come together for a Friday night and a men's breakfast and then one joint service and then an evening service. What, what is that all about? And of course, all of that is nothing if it's not without prayer. So the last week before the spiritual emphasis weekend, we're going to be talking about prayer. And last week, as we took a look about worship, we took note that when Joshua realized who it was that appeared before him. Remember what Joshua did? He fell down to the ground when, the, when the, the commander of the Lord's army appeared to Joshua. He falls down to the ground in reverence. Some translations have in worship. And I asked that question last week that was asked of all of us as ministers out in Lancaster for minister school, have we lost the awe of God? Have we lost the awe of God? Psalms 33, 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. When was the last time you personally stood, sat in the awe of God? 
where you were just overwhelmed with his majesty and his power and his might and his providential care over you. You just stood in awe of his compassion and his mercies that are new every morning and his faithfulness and his grace and his loving kindness and his forgiveness. When was the last time you were moved with the characteristics of God where you just stood in awe? As most of you know, Philippians is my favorite book of the New Testament. So here's a question for you. Instead of what book of the New Testament is your favorite, what story in the New Testament is your favorite? Does anybody have a favorite New Testament story? Come on. What is it? Jesus in the temple where he, 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 he reads forth. Oh. He... You have made this a den of thieves. My house should be called a house of prayer. Anybody else? Can't top that one. No. Anybody else? Favorite New Testament story? Never thought of it before? She read my topic already. Ronaldo. Oh, yes, and touched the hem of his garment, and she's healed. Spent all her money on the specialist, and nobody could hear. And even though she was unclean, she pressed through that crowd and touched the hem of his garment. That's a cool one. Anybody else? One more? Happy birthday, Louise. (laughs) That's not a New Testament. I'm just multitasking. (laughs) Anybody else? New Testament story? Favorite? What's the story? Ah, the separation. Yeah. And he says these precious words. Well done, thy good and faithful servants. Well, one that has become one of my favorites is when Jesus was in Bethany and there's a woman who anoints him with perfume. Why is that my favorite? Let's turn to Mark chapter 14. As you turn to Mark chapter 14, let me explain why I believe it's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament or has become my favorite story, I should say. When this woman anoints Jesus with this very expensive perfume, I think what makes it so special to me is how Jesus responds to the incident. He says these words, She has done a beautiful thing to me. She has done a beautiful thing to me. And I think why it's become one of my favorite stories is because my, my love language is words of affirmation. And, and just those words being spoken, 
She has done a beautiful thing. I, I don't know about you, but those, those very words are, are what I want Jesus to speak to me. Jeff, you have done a beautiful thing for me. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Shall we stand for the reading of God's word? Mark chapter 14, as we take a look at this woman's amazing worship. Now, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table. I, I just need to stop there. If someone was looking to kill you, would you be reclining at a table eating? <laughs> Remember that song, To Be Like Jesus. Why well, was that reclining at a table in the home of a man known Simon the leper, which we believe was, past tense, he was healed. A woman with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money, 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 money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. You may be seated. I want to explain why I believe this was amazing worship. Now, I have preached on this, on this same uh, passage many times. I have called it extravagant love. I've called it reckless love. Betty Brown, when she taught on this story to her preschoolers, she would call it a smelly house. A smelly house.
when I came back from minister's school and was pondering this question, have we lost the all of God? I went back to my favorite story in the New Testament. And what I love so much about the Word of God, it's always living, it's always active. No matter how many times you read it, you can always get something different out of it. And over the past week and a half, I've been looking at this story verse by verse and just meditating on each verse each day. The Lord started to download some updates. Boy, doesn't that sound millennial? The Lord started to download some updates about this story. Don't you hate it when you get your phone and you see that number read too and you got two updates that you have to download, you know? And, but I was so thankful. I started to look at this, and, and no matter how many times I have preached on this, I've looked at I want to share with you some recent updates that the Lord downloaded on my heart concerning this story. I find this woman's worship to be amazing. First, because she was not bothered by the negative outside influences. We read, now the Passover and the Feast of the Unleavened Bread was only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and have him killed. Whether we realize it or not, outside of the church, those outside the church have a huge influence on how far we go with our worship. You may not think so, but we are tremendously influenced by those outside the church as far as how far we'll go with our worship. Take note. In fact, these same priests and teachers of the law that are mentioned in verse 1, just two days later, will have a huge impact upon a fellow by the name of Peter, who will deny that he even knew Christ. So how do outsiders influence our worship? And when I say worship, worship is more than just coming into God's house, raising our hands and singing. Worship is a lifestyle. So how do outsiders influence our worship? I almost can guarantee you there are some here today who've been at the same place of employment for over 10 years, and some of your best friends who you work with don't even know you're a Christian. So, how was your weekend? Same old, same old. How was your weekend? Well, I went to a seminar on Saturday at our church where our youth pastor and our children's pastor taught on social media. And I heard it was fantastic. I heard we need to do more of that. And I just, I, I went to church on Sunday morning and, and the pastor talked on amazing worship about this woman who took oil, a perfume that was worth over a year's wage and poured it on Jesus. It was incredible. So how was your weekend? Same old, same old. 
Isn't it amazing how we'll come to church and we'll sing, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And we'll lift high the royal banner. But during the week, we'll hum that song quietly to ourselves. All right, and isn't this amazing? When we're in the comfort of our own home and we sit down for a meal, Lord, thank you for this food that we're about to partake. Bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. But yet, when we're out in public, we won't even consider bowing our heads and asking blessing on the food. You don't think outsiders influence our worship? Think again. This woman I find so amazing because she didn't care about the outsiders of the church. She was going to go through with her worship. And just in case you might be thinking to yourself, well, she had no idea of what was taking place, that they were trying to plot and kill Jesus. Jesus said this in verse 8, She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. She had insight that he was about to die, and she was not going to let the outsiders influence her from worshiping her Lord. I believe she knew of the animosity. She knew of the hatred. And that only made her more determined to worship God. If there's ever a day and age where we need to let our lights shine for Jesus publicly, it's now. Need I remind you the words of Jesus? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the table of the stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Don't let negative outside influencers affect you from your Christian worship. No matter how many times I read this, I never saw that. As there was such animosity and hatred, she wasn't going to get let it stand in the way of her devotion to Christ. I remember when I was 17, I start, got the drive. I had this, I think I've told the story, I had this 1971 Ford Torino, and and. I wanted to have some type of Christian witness, and I didn't like bumper stickers, so I got the license plate frame, Jesus is Lord. I put it around the frame of my license plate, Jesus is Lord. And when I went to the Chester AMP to work, I would back it in against the wall so nobody could see it. Let your light shine. And one day I got convicted, and I said, why did I put it on in the first place? 
Secondly, not only was her worship amazing because she didn't let the negative outside uh, influence her, she was also not bothered by the critical inside influencers. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, what a waste. She could have sold that and could have given money to the poor. It's one thing when we're criticized by the outsiders. But hello, Houston, we have a far worse problem when we're criticized by those inside the church. When people take offense for how we worship the Lord. It's hard to believe it's been almost, no, it's been 18 years already since 9-1-1, since 9-11. And remember the events of that day, that night, I got a call from our mayor, Ray Kershaw, our former mayor, Ray Kershaw. And as the chair of the Human Relations Council of Freehold Township and also my involvement with the Freehold Clergy Association, he says, Jeff, do you think you can get together a, a, a visual, a, a community visual? Vigil, and uh, within three days, we put a service together over at St. Robert's. Some of you remember attending that church, that service, and over 400 people in the community came. I was able to have closing remarks, thank people for being involved, and, and I prayed at the end. A few days later, we had a clergy meeting, and we went to that meeting, and we were discussing the service and how it went, and some of the colleagues criticized the closing prayer because it wasn't all-inclusive because I prayed in Jesus' name. It wasn't all-inclusive because of our Jewish brothers and because of the Muslims that were there. It wasn't all-inclusive. And I'm sitting there, I'm like twiddling my thumbs underneath the table. Guys, get me out of here. And then a Jewish rabbi, Brooke Sussman, who's still a good friend, said, I didn't take offense because it wasn't plural, it was singular when he prayed. I prayed in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Not in Jesus' name, we pray. And he says, because it was singular and not plural, we have to respect one another's faith communities. Boya. But there's ever been a moment where you just feel so big. They were so indignant. They were so angry at how far she went in her worship that they rebuked her harshly and Judas left the church. Judas just, Judas just walked away. Why did the church get it wrong? Jesus says, for Pete's sakes, for goodness sakes, leave her alone. I have always said this, that the best way to learn is to ask questions. And as I was going through this passage of scripture, this is what I asked. Where 
did the church get it wrong? Why did the church get it wrong? What in the world is going on here? And all of a sudden, the Lord started to download an update saying, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Okay. This story is also recorded in Matthew 26 and in John chapter 12. And in John chapter 12, John gives this woman a name. Her name is Mary. The Mary, the sister of Martha and the brother of Lazarus. In fact, it says in John's account that Lazarus was there who had just raised from the dead. Can you imagine being at this Can you imagine being a dinner guest at this party sitting next to one who's been healed from leprosy and someone else who's been raised from the dead? <laughs> Make for a great party, wouldn't it? And they say that others gathered around the house because they wanted to see there was this curiosity. Same old, same old. What do we know about this Mary? Well, in John chapter 11, remember when they had, uh, in, in, uh, Luke, not John, in Luke chapter 10, remember when Jesus visits the home of Mary and Martha? What was the criticism? Jesus! Aren't you concerned that my sister Mary has left me to do all the work while she just sits at your... And once again, we see it here. Where did the church get it wrong? Working for Jesus was more important than worshiping Jesus. Working for Jesus was more important than worshiping Jesus. Wasn't that Martha's complaint? And once again here, what was the church saying? It could have been sold and the money given to the poor. What was their focus? Their focus was on work. Their focus was on service instead of worship. And boy, don't we get this wrong all the time. We're so concerned that everybody serves and everybody has a, a, a job and, and everybody has a gift that you use your gift. Well, let me say something. We need to make worship a priority over service because if we serve without worship, what good is it? The third thing, not only was she not bothered by the negative outside influences, not only was she not bothered by the critical inside influences, but she, Pastor Bonnie, you can come, she was not bothered by the cost. She wasn't thinking in dollars. She was thinking in love, devotion. I don't think she sat down and wrote the 
list of pros and cons. She just went into her house and knew that a few days from now, that man would die for her sins, and she wanted to give of her very best. So she looked around her house and saw what best she has, and she takes a, perfume, a bottle of perfume that has never been opened. How do you know it's never been opened? Because they said she broke it. They, they believe that the breaking means the breaking of the seal. She, she broke the seal. Now just think about your yearly salary. Whatever it may be, I know it varies. 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. Could you imagine taking something that was worth all that you made in one year? And she just pours it on Jesus. Why? Because she was giving him what he deserved. Her very best. I have so enjoyed Wednesday night's team teaching with Pastor Matt on Malachi. And I remember, remember Malachi is a list of disputes. And, and one of the disputes is that you have despised me. How have we despised you? By bringing in crippled, sick, and diseased animals. That's what they, they were bringing in. Sick, crippled, diseased animals and offering them to the Lord. <laughs> and that dispute of, hey, you have robbed God. How have, how have we robbed you, God? Because you haven't been giving me the best in tithes and offerings. In the month of November, we're going to do the, the, the small little book of Haggai. And remember when the people came back from Babylon to rebuild Jerusalem, the, the prophet Haggai says, hey, you've come back to Jerusalem. Is now the time to live in luxury? Is now the time to live in your paneled homes? It, and we're not talking paneling of the 60s. <laughs> when you have neglected God's house, She knew that he was going to die for her sins and pay the price where her sins could be forgiven and she would have entrance into heaven. And in return, she brings her very best, that which was worth over a year's worth of salary. Can I be honest? I would have been like this. Loves me, loves me not, loves me, loves me not, loves me. She just, she was all in. All in. And what did Jesus say? I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be used as a benchmark 
as a standard. What God wants from us. He wants your all, man. He wants your all. Time doesn't permit. I was going to go into this whole aspect of, of how we are to be broken before him. My prayer is, Lord, break me for what you have with these upcoming services in November. Would you stand? Do you give God your very best in a lifestyle of worship before him?